thinky, thirsty, and over 30. Welcome to Afternoon Army, a safe place for grown armies to dish and discover BTS. We are four ladies who just wanted to know their names and now can explain the meaning of Lachimolala. New to Army? No problem. Come along as we explore all the important business that Bongtan throws our way. Join us on the last Tuesday of every month as we hop in the clown car and drive to the circus. And stay tuned for shorter, snack-sized episodes between hosts and various correspondents. Because one thing we know is that content, well, it just keeps on coming. Hey, Becky. Hey, Leah. So happy Monday to you. Happy Monday. (laughs) And so we're gathered here today. It's always fun to talk to you. I don't know if this is like the most fun conversation that I think we could have, though. (laughs) Decidedly not. Not the most fun, particularly for a V-bias or V-biases of the world. So, okay, you are a self-identified V-bias in the fandom. I am a large admirer of him. And today he went live, I don't, it was before I woke up. I don't know if you got to see it live or if it happened while you were sleeping. It was when I was sleeping too, but it's like one of the first things I saw when I got up. Okay. So, you know, he's got a reputation that is very endearing for jumping out alive. They're usually under six minutes. And, you know, he just does a little share and go. And I find that to be very cute. And especially like when you contrast that to what is also very endearing, which is Jungkook just spending like seven hours of his night with us. (laughs) Correct. And Taehyung's lives are mostly just, you know, I know you guys want to see my face. Here it is. I mean, I think he's even literally (laughs) said that. Here's my face and I'm out. Totally. Yes. So, okay. Do you want to set the stage just really quickly for kind of what happened today? Because I think it's going to spin off what we're going to talk about. Sure. So today, uh, for anyone who's listening to this later, it's August 28th. So we're late in August. He came on live this morning. On the surface, a completely consistent live with Kim Taehyung. He came on, I think it was roughly, yeah, eight or nine minutes. He said hello, mentioned he dyed his hair roots. And then he played a couple songs that he liked, which he's done before, and he sang along, kind of mouthed the lyrics along with those songs. And then the two songs that, well, the problem kind of comes in when we get into which songs he actually played and what did he want to communicate with us with those songs. And some of the singing or mouthing along. The singing along. (laughs) Correct. Both. So, okay. Just to give like a little bit of background context before, and then we're going to get into, and it's not the song, and this is what we're going to talk about too. It's not the song per se, it's kind of like him with the song. But first, what I want to do before even that is back it up even a little more to say that, you know, in the last week, he kind of went out on the record and did a recording where he talked about the fact that Greta Gerwig's movie Barbie was one of the most impactful films he's watched in recent times. And the fandom ate it up with a spoon. Everyone was like, this is amazing. Look at our like feminist icon V, just like, you know, sister wife is here representing, you know, all that is good about, you know, men in feminism 
and, you know, uplifting women. Correct. And I mean, and that's a big part of what we love about them, about all of them, right? Like even a larger context, we've got uh, RM back in the day, like they had some lyrics that were tricky. He's like, comes out, I've started sending my lyrics over to feminist professors and we're changing up what we're doing. So we've got this kind of long-term narrative and I'm, I'm undoubtedly there are even more examples than that of this narrative of them coming out and saying different things where we're like, yay, our feminist boys, they're on our team. Uh, they're different than what, you know, we're getting steeped in. Yes. And BTS also has a history of being called out for either being racially insensitive at times or um, black appropriation. And this is not a call out just against BTS, although I think it's fair to hold them accountable, but it's also just in general, K-pop owes a great amount of debt in their musical influences directly aligned to, um, to hip hop. I yeah, think that's like sure. a common. <laughs> it's known, it's been discussed and that's the context. All of that context is how we land into today, which matters because it, it takes away some of the, I didn't know response. So let's get into more about what actually happened with these songs today. Okay, so I think it kind of centers around the fact of, for me at least, that he mouthed the words to riot. And look, I am also, but here, let me say in full disclosure, Becky and I are white ladies. And, you know, we're talking like, and we feel like we can be part of this conversation we are not also like the sole arbit- like we are not also the sole source of perspective on this conversation. So what I want to talk about is the song Riot do- has two parts to it that we interacted with that we think are important to address. One is that the song has a lot of misogynistic lyrics in it. That being said, I think that it's also really important to understand that when it comes to misogyny and hip hop, this is a complicated and fraught issue. And so I think that like, you know, also just given the identities that we hold, there can be this idea of, I don't want to be clutching my pearls so much at this because I feel like, you know, I just, let me just actually call out because I wanted to cite this reference because I think that this is much more articulated than I could. And I think it gives good credit is that um, Feminist Bell Hooks talks about the fact that misogyny in hip-hop culture is not some sort of male black thing quote her words and the idea being that there is this idea that a lot of misogyny that comes up in hip-hop its roots are a larger pattern of misogyny especially in the american landscape that happens it's not like an exclusive purview of the black man and in fact white women have weaponized their fragile womanness against black men for centuries to like great detriment and murder. And so I want to be careful that we're not going to get into like the idea of hip hop misogyny equals automatic bad. I think we can say misogyny in general is not a good thing. Also when it comes to art, and this is me speaking very, very much just to like my own self is there can be times with that there's fantasy spaces that I can live with and songs or books may have things that I don't morally align with in like my real life, but in a fantasy life, I can kind of live with. So I'm just going to put that as like an extra caveat just for me personally. Yeah, totally. And um, the other song, by the way, was called Up by YG. And that one also, that, that song actually 
Kim Taehyung has played a, has played twice now. Uh, the the thing kind of going with what you're saying, like basically these songs are everything like exists within a context, right? Like the context matters, and so these artists are creating music potentially fantasies, potentially not within a certain context, within their genre, within their society, within their own fan bases. And that that conversation is between them, the artist, and and any listeners, right? And then that's what's happening there. When you take when we step out of that context and we have someone else, a different artist with a lot of influence, like Kim Tae Young, playing these songs for his fan base, now we have to ask what conversation is to be expected within this context so it's not necessarily that the song itself is uniquely problematic in some particular way um because it lives within its own space within its own context i can listen to it and be like "Mm, i don't care for that but as an example so v did play this song on alive the song up uh, six or eight weeks ago i don't know how long and he was doing a workout i didn't love the song that day either i heard it but I was like, you know what? He's doing a workout. The hook's really catchy. It's like up, up, up. He's literally lifting weights. What to me, he was trying to communicate. I mean, you know, we're really digging deep here, but like he liked the song. It motivates him to work out. I'm like, eh, I don't love it. I'm going to move on. This song's not for me. Fine. That one was easy for me to sort of just, uh, great. It's a workout song he likes. Fine. Move on. Fast forward to today, this context of just sitting in a room, talking directly to his fans, not doing a different thing that we're just getting a view on, is a different context and a different type of conversation. He's now played it twice. um, And he's saying, I like this song. So as the listener, I'm stuck with like, what conversation are we having here, Kim Young? What is it that you want me to know about you? And what is that you want me to know about what you think of me, a female. Like what, I'm guessing on the surface, it's just like, oh, I like this song. And he thought very little else of it. He's like bopping along. We know he's a little uncomfortable on lives, but at the same time, I'm not real interested in giving him a pass because he knows full well how much influence he has. They completely know what happens when they put a song out on Instagram or on a live and how it blows up and that everyone looks it up. So. They have, in my mind, a responsibility within the context that they're in, within the conversations they're starting. And I'm I'm just left with questions as a fan of what exactly did you hope I would find out? And once you hear that this feels real uncomfortable to me as a woman, what exactly response is there to that? Like, I, I would like to know what the goal was. And if it was a mistake, I would like to hear that. Yes. And so, for example, if you're going to sit and just kind of like repeat mouth the word pussy (laughs) on repeat, and you're going to also get a lot of props and respect from the fandom for being like, I love Barbie. And it's because it made me like reflect on essentially like my male privilege and like the spaces women occupy. I want, yeah, that needle, like there's not, he didn't thread that needle for me in this. It's that I think that when I look at the success he has had, it's because of women and women have lifted up this group and lifted up this mem- these members. And in many ways, it's because they feel like we don't have that many safe 
places among like men to be. And BTS has really stood out as a unique example in whatever their curated image is to be like, this feels safe. That's not to say that people don't make mistakes and that people don't learn and grow. And he very, very well, in fact, I'm just gonna assume in good faith, he did not mean to have this, imp like this impact. That was not his intent. However, you can still have negative impact when that's not your intent. And I'm also interested because it didn't feel like a lot of folks like were bothered by it or held them, like wanted to hold him accountable to that, but I did. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, I think there's an interesting, you know, we're in chapter two and it's like, oh, they're getting a little edgier and, you know, seven's a pretty edgy song. And, and so there's kind of a willingness to embrace this and not infantilize them and be like, oh, they're getting hmm. more, more forward with their sexuality. And like the, all of that is fine and good. I'm, I'm for all of that. And, and so I think in a way this is getting tucked into that, like, oh, he came on and did this like kind of provocative song. I've seen a few posts and I'm like, yeah, this is not that. That's not it. This is different. Um, it's it's real different. Yeah, I think what it is, is that to me, if you're going to be a man and you're going to put this song out to be like, I want you to listen to it, knowing that your listeners are going to be predominantly women or women identified or women or like femme identified. I think it is. It's like, what are you trying to get across? It wasn't like you were just like playing this, listening to it in your own time. Like you're sharing this with like your big community. And so for me, it's like there was no nuance in that. If there was like a nuance of reflection, especially after being like, after I watched Barbie, it had such impact. <laughs> and I mean, again, like, you know, I'm not trying to like say Barbie's the be all and et all of feminism, but I'm just saying, well, then if that if it had such impact, what made you then come on and share this to this fan base? And think like, nope, because I mean, it was just like the watching him bop along and apparently just have like a clueless. I was like, this is your Ken moment. Like you're in a Ken space right now. Yes, absolutely. And then kind of going back to, I mean, the fact you, you have you have this whole misogynistic message of sorts that's being delivered. And then you also have this racist lens where he's mouthing the N word with everyone. Well, yes. And it's like what exactly is happening in this life? Like you do not get to be this lazy where you just come on and play songs you like and you like bop along and, and look pretty. Like that, like, no, no. Yes. So, you know okay. better, I, you're better. So for the snack, cause you know, this is a relatively short podcast intent is to say that like, yes, we want to critique the, what, what we saw as to be just not acknowledging the impact of misogyny in his choice. Now let's go to the next hot mess potato, which you just alluded to, oh. which is in the song, um, they use the N-word. Again, this is a song by a black artist speaking to his audience. Fine. Like, this is a very normed thing. And, you know, like you said, context matters. But to not be part of that community, you cannot then mouth that word to your audience as you're bopping along. I mean, I saw when it first happened, I saw somebody post like, did he just do that? And I'm like, he, I was like, no, that would be, that would be so dumb. Like he couldn't do that. So I went back and watched the video and I was like, no, no, zero doubt in my mind. He a hundred percent mouths the word, he does. which is not for him to use. It's just not for him. 
and he so he then moved into a space that he was occupying that isn't for him and i think the reason again i feel comfortable speaking out for this is because when we have somebody not from the black community who's using that word even if they're mouthing it and not overtly speaking it i feel like you are then leaning into it what is essentially like a white supremacist structure even if you're not white identified and so as a white person who wants to dismantle racism and is still always doing the work myself of trying to like be actively anti-racist and unlearn things that like we've just grown up with inherently i think it's very appropriate and our responsibility to call it out like we shouldn't have to wait for black folks to be like actually Young, that wasn't okay to do like we should be saying to him that's not okay to do correct a hundred percent and so i felt like it was like a double whammy of like first i was hit hard by just like the <laughs> The, the pussy and again like it doesn't bother to me i do listen as i i listen to occasionally i'm not like a deep aficionado of of a lot of music that probably can be problematic at times and again i feel like i'm choosing to engage with it and i'm not holding it as like a brushstroke of like all that is fair and good in masculinity but i do think yes when you're sharing it to your audience in this context questions get raised and i would like answers to them and then secondly, if you're going to choose to mouth a word that it has zero appropriateness outside of the community that it originates in, then I have like even more questions of like, what, what kind of growth are we seeing? <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, the, ignor the ignorance just is not okay. It's not. There's no, I mean, it, it's tough. I really, really like him. I mean, I like him so much that I want that there is a part of me that wants to come up with rational responses on his behalf. And I will not. No, because I'm like, I'm not ready to cancel him or anything like that. I do. I honestly don't think it was that level of egregious. Um, but I would like for him to hear, hey, this neither of these things were OK. And please respond and, and make make this right apologize and make it make sense with some of these larger contexts like what what happened here yeah and to reflect don't just do like an apology because like uh-oh people are like not happy but to like take stock to sit in that discomfort of like what did i do and where did i have a misstep that i just was not seeing seeing something that i really should have seen and i made a really big mistake and i had to sit with that discomfort and reflect on it yeah and i you know, I, I'm willing to have allow so much room for humanity, right? For making mistakes, for being like, I liked this song and I didn't think this through, but it needs to be uncomfortable and it needs to be, there needs to be a reckoning with it and, and, a, and, and a discussion about it, especially within a, a fan base context where, and I know Kim Young is not Jungkook, but JK is out there telling us, don't treat me like an idol. If you see me on the street, just be like, hey, friend, let's get a beer. So my friend who says, hey, friend, let's get a beer does this. I'm like, we need to have a talk. Like, yes, if my friend who wants to get a beer says, let's do that. Let's have a talk. Yes. 
and as a musician that I'm supporting with time and resources and money and everything else, like I want to feel as if we are aligned and that we're not causing active harm. <laughs> and Agreed. so both levels, both levels, yeah, for sure. there's like the ethical consumption. And so is it fun? Like, do I get like a rush holding BTS accountable? Absolutely not. What I want is to never have to <laughs> like what I want is to have this be the happy space. And again, I understand these are people and people make mistakes, but this was a mistake. Mm-hmm. There's no way around that for sure. So I guess, yeah, the TLDR is we want to know what happens next. So far, all I saw was that he posted some more of his, um, you know, Celine fashion stuff with Bogom after the live. So at this point, we haven't moved into any reflection, but I'm also not seeing a whole bunch of call out. Um, on Twitter, there was a little bit we talked about, like, we haven't seen a lot of just like the fandom itself being like, hey, pause, what the hell? We've seen more it being like the toxic anti-fan, like, you know, going back to like people being like, they suck. Blackpink is best. And like that, there's a level like we're not even going to engage with that. It's so dumb. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's unfortunate because from what I've seen, it's getting tucked into this larger kind of nonsensical anti-fan kind of hmm. rhetoric. And I think there's like a real conversation to be had here of, of like we're having today, which is, ooh, this did not land. This is a no. This is a yeah. hard path. This is a big no. And I think what sticks out is that normally stuff does land normally stuff is careful and so again if this was like just an unfiltered off the cuff then it also just opens up an immediate can of like suspicion to me too of like how much am i making a fantasy out of these men too and that's also not something i want to be doing like i want to feel like this is a safe place and not constantly be second guessing them i second guess men enough yeah for sure like i i I want to continue to feel like it's safe. And and look, if there isn't a response from him, then we, we have to figure out what to do with that. How does this change the conversation and to what degree at that point, right? If it if it isn't responded to, then then we have choices at that point, same as he does right now. Yeah. And I would say that like both of us are unhappy, but we're not actively harmed. But I would like to like also speak out to the fact that if you're a black K-pop fan who's identifying as ARMY and seeing this, like if this, like that probably felt shitty. <laughs> yeah. And that, that does have an impact that it doesn't have on you and I both going, well, we know that's okay, but it hits us in a different way. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's important as a fan. It's important to me to say that, to say that I, I don't align with this or anything that, you know, I, I don't automatically align with everything they do. Yeah, I'm not Big Ten Army. They can do no wrong. And Army to me is is the eighth member of BTS. And part of the reason, a huge part of the reason that this fandom has been so special to me is because of Army, not just the members. And so I want all of Army who turns up, as long as they're falling out. I guess it's not like a carte blanche. Like if you're like a homophobic racist army member then like maybe this doesn't <laughs> include you but you know if you're like you know striving for values of like all people have the dignity and the right to like live and love then yeah i want this to be a big tent space where everyone shows up and feels like they can be part of that joy yeah for sure so i mean i think 
I think in the end, we're, we are just pointing out what I hope is a, an unintended mistake. That's what I truly hope. And that he can, if he chooses to, you know, make that, to say something in response to that mistake. Um, but it's not, it's not such a big thing that it's like, okay, we're ready to not be a fan or, or cancel this whole group or anything at, at, at that level. Yeah. No, he hasn't been written out of the will, but I am going to say not only do you need to watch Barbie, but you also need to start to engage with some other resources and really like continue to do some unlearning and self-educating because it's not enough to just hype on like one popular bandwagon that's going to give you a cookie otherwise you look like you're feminine feminist washing and for sure i'm like can we get the number of the the feminist professor that they talked to years ago and just like ask her to call them up real quick yeah (laughs) and everything is intersectional and so realizing like yeah if i could say to v it's like everything's nuanced everything's intersectional if you want to listen to music that has more of a misogynistic lens look at that in the bigger context of like the entire conversation around you know patriarchy and also musical history just everything like take the whole thing into consideration and if you're ever thinking, hey, this word is in a song and I'm just singing along with this song. Also, just don't. <laughs> just don't ever do it again. Like, I don't know what else to say. Like, this is not, this is 101 stuff. And this don't isn't like, oh, again. you're from Korea. You don't get it. No, 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 no. This is not like somebody who has like just joined the group and is like a trainee figuring it out. And, you know, maybe just like has to go through a lot more education. No, that is not what this is. Absolutely not. <laughs> For sure. So, yeah, let's let's if if there is a uh, a statement or some sort of amends made, we will regroup and process. And if not, then, you know, this is just going to be something that we're going to have to continue to grapple with and be disappointed about. Yep. Agreed. So on that happy note. <laughs> It was a delight to be a guest on the podcast. As always, thank you for having me. And yeah, V do better. V do better. He can do better is the thing. He can. Yeah, I believe. I believe and I think that though though you don't get you don't get the the pink cookie just for watching one feminist originated body of work. Correct. Or watch it 10 or 20 or 40 more times. Yeah. And then also look at the, well, (laughs) and also look at like, yeah, race and uh, the intersections of all sorts of different things. Be curious about those intersections. Be curious about all of it and learn for sure. Okay. Well, Borje. Borje. Can't get enough of BTS? Cool. Neither can we. So between shows, why don't you hop on over to at Afternoon Army on Instagram and join the conversation. Want to support us as a newer podcast hitting the scene? Great. Share the love by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And last, but certainly not least, don't forget to check out the other pod in our network, Afternoon Delight, K-Drama Deep Dives from three romance authors with new episodes dropping every Wednesday.